Welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds. I'm Valerie Donahue, and on this podcast, we'll travel around the world to learn everything that we can about individuals who choose to create businesses from scratch. We'll dive into what drives them, what stops them, and what inspires them in order to identify. Are there common factors that unite us as entrepreneurs across continents? Here's your next episode. Today, we have Richard Gearhart, founders of Gearhart Law, a firm that specializes in intellectual property, trademarks, copyrights, and more. They're also the hosts and sponsors of an iHeart radio show called Passage to Profit, a radio show and podcast for entrepreneurs, which is actually where we met. Richard, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Valerie. So good to see you again. Thank you for having me on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so glad that you're here. Um, so excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, it's really great to connect with you again. And uh, here we are in the middle of the COVID-19 epidemic, but uh, the show is going on, the podcasts are going on. And so, um, you know, you're the biggest proponent of of uh, work from home and remote working and your business is built around that. So I think you're the perfect person to be having a podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. We did your show about a year ago. So it's just, uh, yeah, I can't believe, you know, how much, uh, how much in the world has changed. And still, thanks to technology, we're having the ability to see each other to have this conversation today. Uh, so in that way, you know, very grateful. And uh, it, it, it's, it's really an interesting time now. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's a great time for entrepreneurs, too. I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned, we're an intellectual property firm, Gearheart mm -hmm. Law, and you can find out more about us on our website at gearheartlaw.com. Uh, we have just had an enormous number of inventors, entrepreneurs, scientists who've approached us with ideas to help alleviate the coronavirus crisis. And mm -hmm. It really seems to be a time when the entrepreneurial community is pulling together and taking a look at what needs to be done and finding solutions that can help, uh, help us now and help us in the future. Um, so I feel very privileged to be sort of on the front lines of all of this new technology that people are creating. And it gives me a lot of optimism that uh, the entrepreneurial community does have a lot of energy even during these periods and that people are looking forward uh, for mm -hmm. solutions. Yeah, I think that that's so interesting. It's so interesting you say that. And, and I was so curious about that because, as you know, we work with so many different entrepreneurs in different industries. So so we're seeing, you know, some people being in an industry where, um, you know, for the moment, it, it, it's really hard. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're doing something in person. It, it, it's something that's that's difficult until the crisis goes away. But I was thinking about your business and that some of us time now, then we We've had before. And so I was curious if there was, if your business is experiencing an uptick due to the fact that, um, that people are possibly finally getting around to their ideas and, and wanting to protect them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's, that's true. Um, we uh, were in business back in 2008 during the financial crisis. And while uh, there wasn't uh, a lot of health concerns. There wasn't the quarantine. 
the economy had slowed down considerably and a lot of people had left their companies and they were asking themselves, well, what do I do next? And so they came to us with their ideas and their their projects and we helped them start uh, businesses. And it seemed like a very um, sort of logical uh, thing to do um, while waiting for the economy to get back on its feet. And we're experiencing very similar type of effect now during the coronavirus. We do get uh, many, many people are approaching us now. They've been cooped up for two weeks. Mm -hmm. They've had a project that they've wanted to work on for a long time, and they maybe just didn't have the time. And now they're coming to us with their ideas. And so not, not only just new coronavirus projects, but just general consumer products and um, software applications that people have been thinking about for a long time. And they're taking this time to actually begin those projects and work on them. Yeah, that's super interesting. And going back to what you said that, that you guys are feeling like you're part of the front lines being able to, you know, see all of the information that's coming in and, you know, for the solution of this thing that we're dealing with is there. So, so I think like one of two things, like one is, a, is like, is there anything that you are able to share with us, uh, you know, to make us feel like, uh, you know, that, that there's a solution coming at us soon. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, is there um, at a time like this when things are moving so fast um, and and you can speak maybe a little bit more about how long it takes uh, you know to do a patent and and to protect um, your intellectual property are people just kind of like going into action or you know are, are they waiting for the full process how does it work at a sensitive time like this well, I think when you're in a crisis, you know, time is of the essence and there are things that uh, need to be protected. Um, and to the extent that people are wanting to get out there and putting their solutions out there to different companies or uh, investors, we can help them get their projects on file very quickly, which is really what you want to do before you start promoting mm -hmm. your, your project or making suggestions. And so, for example, we have one new client who has a method of making um, making uh, uh, testing kits, for example. Okay. And it doesn't really change the basic chemicals of the kit, but it allows it to be manufactured more quickly, right? Mm. And so, we prepared an application uh, for him and uh, we were able to get it on file so he could start talking with pharmaceutical companies about this, you know, this process. Um, we have another type of uh, treatment for the disease that where we received an inquiry from somebody in India who was a, who was a biochemist there. Wow. And he wants to uh, file a patent in the United States. And so we're working with him on on that project. And again, it, 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 it probably it, on average takes us about a week to actually get these patents on file, but it is important to try to protect the idea because even if the goal is not to monetize it right away, you want to have control over the idea. You want to be able to decide, well, who is, who is it, who are we going to, to work with on this? Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't want somebody borrowing the idea and doing it incorrectly, for example. So 
Um, mm-hmm. Even if your goals are more, uh, you know, more charitable and you're thinking that you just want to give the idea away, there's still many mm-hmm. inventors who at this point still want to patent it. And then if the virus reoccurs and we have more time, then it may make more sense than to enter into a license agreement or something with, uh, you know, somebody who can do that. So Yeah, um, understood. For those of us that are not totally uh, savvy with intellectual property, is, is the main piece of it um, that's important is what you said, um, you know, taking this time in the, in the upfront to do the, the, the actual filing? Like once you do the actual filing, at least the process has gotten started? Yes, that's absolutely right. It, it, once you file the application, your patent pending, mm-hmm. and you've really done everything you can do at that point to protect the idea. The application still has to go through the patent office. It still has to be granted. Uh, it takes, uh, could take two or three years for that to happen. Um, you can also petition the patent office to have an accelerated proceeding and so that the application, mm-hmm. application can go through more quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of our inventors are choosing that option. Um, so there are lots of possibilities. But once the application is filed, you can launch your business. You can you can start it. So, you know, on on that note, you know, I'm I'm curious. So we're talking about patents and and kind of for those. Well, I, I don't want to say for those larger ideas, um, but. Well, actually, perhaps if you could give us a 101, you know, on, on, sure. the, <laughs> on intellectual well, I mean, it's, it, it is complicated stuff. And um, if you're going to if you're going to do intellectual property, you really want to work with a firm or people who have lots of experience in the area. It's very highly regulated. There's lots of rules and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's very can be very confusing. Uh, you can do intellectual property yourself, and there are guides out there for doing it. But um, if it's important in the long run, you really want to get professionals uh, involved. And the first thing we start with is a search. We want to look and make sure that there's nobody else has filed a patent on what it is that you're trying to protect, right? And that so that, number one, you can get a patent because you can't get a patent if somebody else already has the mm-hmm. patent on it. And number two... If they's third party may want to block you, they may have a patent that covers what you're doing and they could cause trouble. They could send you nasty letters. They could even file a lawsuit. And so you want to know that before you put a lot of time and energy into starting a business. So anytime you're starting a business, um, you know, you do want to check and make sure that somebody else hasn't already got patents on the product that you want to you know, work on. Um, and really, the number of uh, projects that we end up filing patents on is, uh, you know, smaller than the number of searches we get. About a third of the searches that we do, we find pre-existing patents owned by third parties who, mm. um, who already have a patent on the idea and can cause you a lot of trouble. Mm. And it's, even though it's disappointing, it's always better to find that out sooner rather than later, right? So, yeah. Uh, so that's one part is the search. And then if the search turns out and our client wants to go forward with the patent, then we file an application at the patent office. As I mentioned earlier, your patent pending at that point. And then it becomes a series of legal documents and all sorts of other things. The patent office doesn't grant the patent immediately, 
but the, uh, they, they examine the patent and then we have to ultimately negotiate with the patent office to get your patent granted. And that process can take anywhere from two to four years, uh, can be accelerated if you like. The other types of intellectual property are trademarks, which protect a brand. Uh, and they, it goes through a similar process as the patents. We do a search, we file the application, it gets examined, and then hopefully the trademark gets issued. Um, and then copyrights, uh, copyrights are protect original works of expression and copyrights you get automatically when you create the work. So if you write a book or uh, produce a movie or, you know, record a song, all of those are protected by copyrights. So, yeah, so. that's a super helpful refresher. I always, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I always get them jumbled up. I know that other people are in right. the same boat. Like, um, yeah. And- so, it, you know, copyrights protect ideas, uh, uh, works of expression, trademarks protect brands and patents invent, uh, protect uh, ideas and technologies. So, so for, for, um, for, entrepreneurs that are coming up uh, with ideas right now, um, let's say specifically like in the digital space, um, you know, where should they start? Like one, if they have a limited budget, like kind of like what are the main things that they at at the very least um, they must do? And then number two is what kind of things like can you be protecting um, in the digital space? And, and, you know, like, is there any kind of uh, like a cheat sheet like you can tell us like for when we're deciding, like, do we need like, is this like protected? Like, is this intellectual property or did I just start a, you know, like a service or a business that you know, that anyone else can start as well. Yeah. I mean, the best thing is to really talk with a a professional so you can protect software. So if you develop an app, you Mm -hmm. can do that. If you develop a, a, a special microphone or piece of hardware or something that plugs into the computer, you can protect that. Um, you know, I would imagine, for example, zoom has patents that cover their software for, uh, you know, video conferencing. Um, if you are, you know, creating uh, 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 lights or backgrounds, uh, you know, some of those could be protected with a copyright. So um, uh, one of the things that I'm seeing more and more is people who are doing Zoom uh, video conferencing and they have backgrounds behind them that are branded. Uh-huh. And so those, those would be protected with copyrights, for example. So that's interesting. Yeah. So it's really, um, but it's the, it's, it's not always as straightforward as you think. And it's Mm -hmm. really important. Um, Many times clients come to us and it takes a lot of brainstorming for us to get to the point where we find that we can protect something that's that, that would be valuable to them that would create valuable protection for them. It's not necessarily uh, super obvious right out of the box. And that's, that's, that's why we're here. So. And you mentioned like, because again, right, like right now, like in the space, there's, there's some, you know, we're, we're creating apps, we're creating technology, we're creating, um, you know, websites that have like particular features. Um, are those things actually enforceable? Like you're saying, if we create an app and, and it has like a, a certain amount of, uh, you know, it, it has like a certain feature that, for example, I think that I came up with, it's, it's an original idea of mine. Um, 
like where did they draw the, where where is the line drawn that the this idea that i came up with is just something that everyone is you know is going to start doing because it's like a natural progression in the way that we build apps and where is it you know where's the line drawn that it's that it's mine and no one else can do it does it have to be someone in my space um that that's in my industry or is it um is it something different well, that's a great uh, question, Valerie. And sometimes it is kind of a hard line to define. And so um, <clears throat> some, some inventors want to take a more aggressive position when it comes to protecting their ideas with patents. So even if the idea is uh, an improvement, but it's not a huge improvement, they still want to file on it. And investors like patents and so mm -hmm. sometimes they they want patents for defensive purposes and so mm -hmm. and uh, also licensing purposes if they ever uh, end up selling the business or they partner with another company then they have you know patents for those things but sometimes it's it is difficult to kind of draw that line between well what's uh, a really strong innovation and what's a, an improvement. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's part of the process of we have is discussing that thoroughly with the inventor and giving, giving the company options. Like you can do this or you can do that. You can choose not to file. You can keep it as a trade secret. Um, it, it depends on budget. If it's uh, if it's a large company with a lot of resources then that lots of the they'll, they'll file on incremental improvements you know apple ibm sun microsystems all of those very large companies they patent everything right mm -hmm. and even if it's just a small little change in the shopping cart they'll file on yes. it right but they have a lot of extra money they can do yeah. that whereas an entrepreneur they have to balance their budget right mm -hmm. the the, the fifteen thousand dollars they're going to invest in a patent over four or five years, maybe that should be spent on marketing instead. Right. So you, you have to, you have to balance right. what value is. And again, that's, that's a discussion. That's a process. So it's like going to a doctor, you say, I have an mm. ache, right? <laughs> we don't know what that is yet. We have to do the tests. We have to understand what it, and then we'll figure out what medicine to prescribe once we've been through the diagnosis. So that makes total sense. And, and so if, if, if someone is just starting a business, um, again, what's that bare minimum that they should do? Should they just uh, protect their, you know, their name, you know, the, the company name and, and, and the logo, like what, what should they do? I would, I would definitely, the bare minimum is to do a search and it's important to do the search <laughs> okay. for the, if, if, if you're a service business and you really aren't interested in patents or you don't think you have something to protect, you want to at least make sure that your name is available. And mm -hmm. a trademark is maybe $2,500, mm -hmm. um, which is can be a lot of money. But by the same token, if you're using a name and somebody else has a, has a trademark for and after two years, you've, you've, they, they, they're in California and mm -hmm. now you're successful and they find out about you and they send you a letter and they want you to change your name. Then what do you do? All of the work that you've put into branding and advertising is lost. Mm -hmm. And um, it would cost a lot more than $2,500 to fix sure. everything, you know. 
Um, and uh, it could involve, you know, getting legal fees or uh, so it could be a very expensive uh, issue. So at a minimum, you want to at least have uh, somebody do a trademark search for you to mm-hmm. see if there's other people that could block you using your name. And just because you're able to register the name at the a Secretary of State when you open your LLC, that does not mean you have uh, trademark freedom. So mm-hmm. um, that, that the, the systems that they use to um, award business names is much different than the trademark, uh, the, the, the trademark uh, process. So you want to definitely make sure that you check. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think that's really good advice. And, you know, it's one of the things that um, I was deciding on when um, when just starting our business is um, and and it's exactly the position that you explain, right? You're just getting started. You haven't generated a dollar like all you have is the idea. um, And everyone was, you know, giving the same advice that really like start here, kind of, you have your idea, plan it out. You have some idea of your business plan, check for what's out there. And I think that sometimes not all entrepreneurs have this, but I think it's a, like a, like a human reaction um, to be nervous of uncovering what's behind, you know, like what, what competition there is. Uh, and it's, it's almost like, and I experienced this with myself um, is that like, logically, you know, you have to do it, but it's something that you really don't want it to do. And then it's everything that falls into that category. So it's like this, like just doing a search, I think can, can cause um, for, for entrepreneurs, a lot of anxiety and, and to uncover maybe someone else has your idea. And, and, and so all of that. And at the same time, it's something that, you know, we just have to push through. And I, and I, I do believe strongly that this is, this is the really right, like, uh, first one of the first steps that you should be doing uh when when launching your business and in fact i feel like um it might feel like a lot of money in the beginning if again like you haven't generated anything but by the same token it's you are now this is how you make it real at least for me this is how like my company became real like when i started like when when i started to file for things and I, and i had um an entity and I, and i started to protect the name and it was like wow this is a real thing i think it gave me such a boost of uh, of confidence and and motivation to keep going if i if i hadn't done that and if i put it off at a, at a later stage no, that's a, thank you for that. I mean, that's a, those are wonderful stories and wonderful insights. Uh, people do become infatuated with the name they select and having a catchy name that just, you know, that to, describes your business. That's an important part of moving your, your, your business forward. And of course, nobody wants to hear, well, you, you know, somebody else already has that name. I mean, you can, move forward if you want to, but you just need to understand what the risks are. And usually if the, if in the trademarking process, we find something that's too close or too difficult, then we will try to talk you out of it because we think in the long term, you're better off, you know, uh, making a change to the name. So, um, but even if we find a trademark that's very similar to what you have, we can work with you and come up with new names and we can brainstorm new names that sort of maybe have the same concept or the same sound or the same feel. And, um, 
and then, uh, you know, based on that, or maybe combine the name with the logo. So mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's better to know about it earlier and then we can take steps to try to fix it or change it. And then, and then you can move forward feeling, you know, comfortable and confident that at least that part of it is taken care of. And, you know, what you're, what you're saying about um, intellectual property is actually really very true because what I found over the years is that inventors, if they, if they have an idea for their, and they're very protective of it, you know, sometimes clients come to me, they haven't told their, their partner or their significant other about their idea because they're so, mm -hmm. they, they, it, you know, it's, it's, it's very important. And so the inventors really put a lot of trust in, in us and, um, but once the application is filed, it sort of frees them up to continue the business. So mm -hmm. now they were like, well, what do I do? Where do I go? I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know who to talk to. But once the application is filed and they're protected, now they feel more comfortable into going out and starting to talk with more people, talking with the manufacturers, maybe talking with the designer, talking with a, a software coder. And mm -hmm. having the IP on file actually accelerates the pro process because now they don't have this bottleneck where they're not able to talk with certain people because they're scared that their idea is going to be out there and somebody's going to run with it, right? So yeah. um, it's very, I think it has the sort of the psychological piece is almost as important as the protective piece for yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I, what I want to um, chat to a little bit. So, um, Richard, you work, uh, your wife is, uh, is also uh, your work partner. And uh -huh. <laughs> given our current situation, so I was curious if, you know, how how it is to work together but also do you think it's um is it making this like quarantine process uh easier or more difficult the fact that you guys have already uh, been working together for for so long so you're doing life and you're doing business together <laughs> yes we're doing life and business together i guess you should probably ask her <laughs> <laughs> is it easier or harder i'm not sure how she would answer it <laughs> um but i guess i mean it has been for so for 25 years we've been a, a team and just about everything that we've done right i mean um you know even we, we you always have to balance uh responsibilities and tasks when you're in any kind of relationship and partnership. And then when I, when I left corporate America 15 years ago to, uh, to start uh, Gerhardt Law, she was, it was actually her idea. She was the one who encouraged me to do it. I was ready to go out and look for another corporate job. And she's like, well, I really don't want to move again. And why don't you just open up your own practice? And I'm like, mm -hmm. eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, she, she's very smart. She has a, a PhD in chemistry. She eventually went on to get her um, uh, patent agent's license, which is similar to being a patent attorney. 
and for and you know she's really done just about everything that you can do um you know in the law firm and so i mean we're even though we work together we're just not on top of each other all the time mm. um we have different rooms to go to we each have our own computers so we don't have to share mm -hmm. and uh and it, it it works out great so um it's just we just happen to be fortunate to have the kind of relationship where um you know we can spend a lot of time together and it works out okay and um of course it's not perfect like any other relationship but um <clears throat> it works pretty well and we really we really try to help out a, a lot now elizabeth is is now she's uh starting her own business called fireside and so okay. fireside uh, she believes that she started this before the coronavirus but she really felt like it would be great to have a directory of uh of professionals a video directory of professionals so people could find out what the people are like before they call them up and so mm -hmm. right now you see a lot of websites maybe you see a little bit of a video but if you had a directory of professionals then they could uh you know people could get to know the professional a little bit before the first call and maybe if you were screening attorneys you could say well this one i don't like or this one i really seem to like and uh, that would be um, a, a great step moving forward so I, I think it's a fantastic idea and now with the quarantine she's focusing on zoom videos mm. working on populating her directory for that so um it's uh it, it's it's still the wonderful thing about entrepreneurism is there's, there's always something exciting happening that and there's always change and you're you know to be in the field that i'm in we have being your own boss you have all the possibilities of all, all of these creative possibilities ahead of you and you can sort of paint your own picture right you have your own palette and um, you have the opportunity to be creative. And uh, so, I, you know, that's the thing that I, one of the things I really like about entrepreneurism. And, uh, you know, Gearheart Law was an entrepreneurial venture. So mm -hmm. I love corporate America. I didn't have any clients. I had worked for a company where I didn't need to do a lot of networking. I just sat in my office all day. And <clears throat> I had to, I, ended up going upstairs in my office. I had a, a computer and I had a phone and that's, you know, that's where I started. And I started going to networking events. Uh, I had to create the infrastructure, um, do all of those things. And so unlike other attorneys, I, who can just kind of walk into a firm where everything's already mm -hmm. kind of built and done and, you know, the software is already in place. And if you have a problem with, um, if you have a problem with IT, you call the IT person. Well, I had to be the IT person, right? And I mm -hmm. had to do all of the things that an entrepreneur has to do. Um, but the reward for that is I got to do it my way. And I got to do things the way that I thought they should be done and not the way I was told to do them. And that suits my personality much better than, um, than, you know, than, than my previous life. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think 
in, in terms of like what you're saying, um, I, I thought it was really interesting when you mentioned that, you know, for entrepreneurs, there's always these uh, possibilities, like even during, um, you know, times like this, even when, uh, when business isn't going as well uh, as you had wanted it to, or as, as well as you had projected, I think a part of being like truly an entrepreneur at heart is that despite the challenges, the excitement, like there's actually, at least for me, like I feel it. And sometimes I'm like, am I crazy? I actually feel in these kind of moments, excitement. I feel like I, f I find that there is the fact that there is opportunity and now it's like a different puzzle to solve. Um, yeah. Something about about, I think oh, that's just part of our nature um, to, um, you know, to see the challenges, to see the risks, to see all of that. And still, whatever was driving us to go into business, I think in moments um, when things are challenging is, is still is the same part of our personality that um, that gives us what we need to say, wow, I, I actually today I choose this, right? Even though, um, if you had a corporate position right now, or if, if you had, um, if you had a job right now, that was, you know, you're lucky enough that's, you know, continuing to pay your salary, you would think logically, okay, well, I'm, I'm, that's really lucky, right? Because today, I don't know, let's say if, if in my business, right, like I'm gonna like make all the ends meet, right? And at the same time, still today, I wouldn't choose that, right? Like I still wouldn't choose that security, uh, over uh, the freedom and over again, like that excitement that I feel that I could, uh, that I could be making changes and, and creating something. Yeah. There, there's something about us, right? Yeah. The creative process I think is really exciting and invigorating. And um, it's like, well, I, I'm working on, on the law firm on my business all the time. And on the radio show passage to profit, there's mm -hmm. always, different things that you need to consider and, and uh, you know, the, the business environment is always changing. Um, you know, the, uh, the our, our things are always happening with our team members. Um, there's new technologies that we want to take uh, into account. There's new marketing initiatives. Um, and so there's always something to build and create. And, mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, what I create is mine uh, or my mm -hmm. family's. Right. And mm -hmm. so, and so I can sell it, I can give it away. Um, it's a, it becomes an asset and people who work for other people are building an asset for, for them that, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, and I mean, I treat all of our team members, they're like owners, but it's mm -hmm. just still, it's like, it's, it's much different. And um, you know, when things, go well, they feel it and things don't, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you, you know, it's, it's just, it's another challenge and, and, uh, you, you know, you live through those ups and downs. So one thing I had wanted to, um, ask you, Richard is some people right now, they have, a, they have a little bit more time, um, on their hands, not all right. Uh, everyone is in a different situation for, for, for those people, specifically the ones that you talked about in the beginning uh, of our conversation, people that have had idea for a while and, you know, now they're having time. So, so they're working on it. Um, do you have any advice, I, you know, for people, if, 
they have an idea, they want to get started, but um, but today, uh, given the current situation, they're feeling uncertain, you know, uncertain, more uncertain uh, than they might have um, if, if they had started their business in other times. And, um, you know, kind of like, what are like some of the fears like to push through and um, just any advice on getting started these days? Well, um, no, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, when, when I started Gearheart Law, um, I had a family and a mortgage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I had to move very quickly. Um, I, and looking back at it, it was, uh, it was a very challenging time. Um, I think developing the mental competence to be an entrepreneur is not a, a straight shot for many people. I mean, you think that people like Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs, they just came right out of the box and they were these fully formed, amazing leaders, amazing visionaries. And for some, some people may have that, that, that talent, but most of us, it's just a matter of, uh, of taking, taking steps. And for myself, I feel like the way to manage uncertainty is to plan as much as possible. I am a big uh, planner. And so I sit down and I study everything and I, I figure everything out. And when Gearheart Law started, I had, before I even actually did anything, I had a, a marketing plan. I had uh, an idea of what rates I was going to charge. Mm -hmm. um, I had a list of all of the uh, equipment that I thought I would need and um, how I was going to, you know, get my name out there. And I really did sort of a business plan, you know, before I started. I never really shared it with that many people, but mm -hmm. it was just put, seeing how all of the pieces get, you know, um, you know put together was uh, important because I felt like if I had a, a, you know, a clear picture of what I was going to do, then that helped relieve some of the un, 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 uncertainty. And um, so I think that, that it's, you know, it's probably different for everyone. I think mm -hmm. Elizabeth, her, her approach is to make a lot of connections and talk with a lot of people mm. and network with a lot of people. And she just, she tends to, um, look for support from, uh, you know, from her, from her community and that creates opportunities for her. And so mm -hmm. it's really, it's, it's really, you know, different for everyone, but, um, th that was my style was to plan hers is to network. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's, 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 that's what I can say. And, I think too, you know, it's clearly there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, as bad as the current situation is, it's not going to be this way, you know, forever. There's a lot of government help out there for existing businesses. And so I think as long as that, you know, it gets out there, then we'll have uh, entrepreneurs who are just starting out will also have opportunities, right? And now is the perfect mm -hmm. time to start planning and studying and pulling everything together. I think most service providers are still operational. So, 
you can call and talk to an accountant or a lawyer um, mm-hmm. and get advice from them. And things may be a little slower for some of them. So maybe now is the time to take advantage of that mm-hmm. you know, low and they'll say, well, okay, come back after when you're ready to go, <laughs> but you'll get a lot of good advice that way. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Does that answer your question or did you have something else in mind? No, no, that definitely answered my question. You know, I I think it's, um, it's again, right. uh, At at least for me, like the the first steps um, in starting a business, I think that those were truly the most challenging, right? Even problems to solve uh, later down the line, it was, it it was just like first steps. And that's why I had mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, actually, um, you know, starting to file paperwork like that made it real uh, and i think that for a lot of people who have ideas today uh, to know that um you know those ideas are good even if it's an industry that right now doesn't seem like it's doing so well eventually it's it's all going to come back and it's you know we're getting a lot of um similar in advice um in in the in the way that if you're having the time now and if you have an idea now uh and you're nervous about like when is it that you're going to actually like start earning anything look now is the time that you could actually you 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 have the the luxury of time if you have it um and to use it wisely and to um and to do all of the planning and to think of the scenarios because either one of those one of two things happens right it's either you start and then you learn as like as you always will you you learn as things are happening but there are a lot of scenarios that you can um that you can think ahead of time uh that you could actually like solve for before they ever become issues and usually just usually you don't have the time you're just like let's ship let's start but now you have it you can walk through all those scenarios it might feel like it's not you're not getting you're not having any traction today but tomorrow when you're actually going to business and and the economy starts to come back uh then you will have shorter time between, you know, downtime, you will have, you'll be solving for problems faster. So it's, um, you know, it, it's, we have to motivate ourselves uh, t- to make the best use of this time. I think that's a, a great point. And uh, I really like what you said about motivating yourself. I mean, one of the things, everyone has a personal journey and not everyone is really, you know, meant to be an entrepreneur. Uh, necessarily. And, um, but the way you find this out is by, by trying to be an entrepreneur. I mean, one of the things um, that sometimes people come to me and they say, well, uh, I'm not sure that I can do this. And and I say, well, you know, you're never going to know unless you try. And you may find out after trying that this kind of work is is not for you and that you're happier as a person doing something else, right? It's not everybody that um, is happy being living an entrepreneurial life. On the other hand, it may be the, it may be the, uh, the greatest thing to ever happen to you. I spent mm-hmm. years as a corporate slave and um, started on the entrepreneurial journey and found that this was so much better for me personally and that I, I had a knack for it. And, um, and so you, you find these things out by, by trying them. And, um, and so, you know, even if you don't succeed, you'll have learned something about yourself and, or succeed in the way you think you should succeed, but you'll learn things Mm -hmm. 
about yourself. And, um, and you may learn that you love it and, and you want to come back for more, or you may decide that it's not for you. But one of the things that an entrepreneur really needs to do, and this goes back to your comment about self-motivation, is you've got to be able to do things on your own, mostly without other people standing over you and telling you to do it. You have to be self-actuating. You have to be able to make a decision. I'm going to do this. And, and then do it, even though there's nobody else out there, you know, mm-hmm. telling you to do it, right? Because you're the tip of the spear. You're the one that decides what needs to be done. And then you have to do it once you decide what needs to be done. And it took me a long time to learn how to be that way. I think being in the corporate world for so long, I was used to letting somebody else set the agenda and say, this is what you do. You write this number of patents per, per, per year, and you do this number of agreements, and you show up to these meetings, and then you do this project. It's much different when you're an entrepreneur. You have to decide everything that gets done, and, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have a boss telling you that you need to do this. So if you take the day off, you know, you can do that, but you also... Um, you know, there's nobody there telling you to do things. And so self-motivation, I agree, is, is, is really, really important. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because one of the things that this personally worked for me um, in the past where I haven't been able to um, get myself to do a certain amount of uh, tasks on my list is that I've had to designate days where I'm the boss and designate days where like I am completing the tasks that I have assigned (laughs) myself. Uh, And so I I really had to look at, and, and it was actually, um, it it was super helpful uh, in in times where I've, because I couldn't do both. Like I found that like there were days that I can't do both. I can't think through the things that I need to do and action them because it it requires a different part of my brain. So if I allowed myself just to one day, like, like create assignments and then another day blindly do them, um, then um, it it really made a big difference for me. That's that's an interesting technique. I hadn't heard that one in the past. (laughs) That sounds great. You know, whatever it takes, right? I've used the Dave Allen's uh, uh, getting things done techniques. Mm -hmm. And that's a great book for uh, entrepreneurs really helps you organize everything that needs to get done. And uh, he has a pretty good system that I've modified a bit, but I've used it for the last 15 years and I used it to start the firm and I still do my planning every Sunday for the week and list out the things that I do. I always have very ambitious goals. So mm-hmm. if I get through 60%, then that's, that's a, uh, that's pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I found him very helpful. So. Oh, okay, cool. We're definitely, I'm going to take a look into that. Um, because again, it, it, I'm finding like there's, you know, these days there's no commute, there's no, you know, personally, I am finding um, kind of more nuggets of time where not necessarily, um, because I think in terms of, at least for me, like the the kind of like workload or the, or the way that I organize my time, that hasn't changed because, you know, I, I'm still running the, the day-to-day operations, but um, I still have... I have nuggets now in the day where I can fill with more creative time that perhaps were before built, you know, that 
that were um, filled with like going out to dinners or seeing friends or, or like, doing all of these things. So it's, um, it's, it's, if I have extra time and I still have things on my to-do list, I, I won't necessarily complete my, it, it doesn't mean that in this time I'm, I'm fulfilling my to-do list faster because I'm not, I realize I have a certain amount of energy to, for a certain amount of tasks, but for those like um, creative things for, for learning, this is such a good time. Uh, if you have it um, for, for learning different methodology for creating, um, you know, plants and, and for having ideas and for reading. Um, and you had a, um, a recommendation for us, uh, the book E-Myth. So I just wanted to uh, hear a little bit of what that's about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I read the E-Myth a, a long time ago and, um, uh, and it, it's, a, it's a, a fantastic uh, book for entrepreneurs. So um, it really talks about making sure that you spend time working on your business as opposed to in it, right? So you mm -hmm. can get so bogged down into, um, bogged down into uh, doing the day-to-day -day tasks that you don't get a chance to take a step back and actually work on doing the things that would create growth or uh, fix issues that you need to fix. And so that reminded me a little bit about your, um, uh, strategy to take a boss's day and then complement it with a task day. It seems like intuitively you've, uh, you've, uh, actually done the, uh, e-myth and I actually did have the opportunity to meet Michael Gerber, who is the author of the, e -myth. um, earlier this year, uh, I went to, uh, a, an event and, uh, he was there. If you, check out my uh, LinkedIn page. You can see a picture uh -huh. of Michael and I oh, cool. uh, there. And he's really quite an extraordinary man. Uh, ex very brilliant. If you ever get a chance to uh, hear him speak, um, mm. he has marvelous insights for anybody who's an entrepreneur. And so I, I highly recommend it. Um, Michael Gerber is the author of The E-Myth, and I recommend that you... Um, mm. you know, you, uh, check out whatever videos you might have on YouTube. Uh, so definitely worth the time. Oh, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll definitely look into it. Um, Richard, I so appreciate your time. Um, it was, uh, I, I think this is such a, a useful conversation, um, during this time, it just really like ties all of the things together. And, you know, like the biggest takeaway really is for entrepreneurs who are in those beginning stages, um, you know, uh, just do it. it you, you have something, you have an idea, get started, um, do all the intellectual property things that you can, uh, it, it'll make it real. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, like on the other side of this is, is, is we don't even know, right? Like we just, we really don't know what the world is going to look like uh, a few months from now. So um, it's, uh, it can be scary, but it's also really exciting. And so I think we'll be seeing a lot of different companies, a lot of different, um, you know, new industries pop up. Um, so I, I think that as entrepreneurs, we're headed into an interesting time. Great. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, uh, again, I'm available at Gearhart Law. It's G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. If you need help with any kind of intellectual property issue, we do contracts, we do litigation, we do opinions. So um, anything relating to intellectual property, please feel free to reach out and we'd be happy to discuss the issues with you. So. 
Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneurial Minds by Chatterboss. Our dedicated and on-demand virtual executive assistant team specializes in supporting entrepreneurs and business owners with pretty much any admin task. Go to chatterboss.com to learn more.